one. We are in the middle of a series called Keep Going, uh, Wisdom and Encouragement from 2 Timothy. It's a letter from Paul, uh, one of the early church leaders who uh, is at the end of his life. He's really, this is, he knows he's at the end of his rope. In fact, he's probably going to die uh, soon. Um, he's imprisoned in Rome and he's just writing these words of encouragement and wisdom to his young protege, Timothy, who's been going through a lot and experiencing a lot of difficulties and trials himself and so that's why we picked this artwork because i i love this monet painting when i think about this series because i do even though this is a letter letter from paul to timothy i see this kind of just this image of two guys walking down the road or two people just walking down the road and this older guy who just really cares for this younger one just putting his arm around him and speaking into his life that's what i see in this letter we're kind of getting to an interesting part of it today uh, there are moments in life when we just have to be straight about things and not beat around the bush. I just need to be honest. Kind of one of those moments. Uh, someone told me this last week that they were thinking about running the marathon and they wanted to know what it was like because I had just done it. And I said, you know, it is a phenomenal experience just going through almost 30 neighborhoods in the city. The sense of accomplishment is a surreal. I'm not going to lie though, it is pretty brutal. It is painful. In fact, this last one was completely miserable. And so I'm just not going to lie to you. It's amazing, but it's really, really hard. This last week, uh, Monday night, we hadn't told them yet, but we told Bailey and Jackson that their grandfather was going to be having quadruple bypass surgery the next day. And just letting them know that. We didn't want them to dwell on it, so we told them the night before. And Bailey asked, you know, is this something that we need to be worried about? I said, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, honey. This is... This is really serious. This is really serious. And we're going to pray for God's protection and pray for the doctors. But yes, this is, this is serious. And thankfully, the surgery was Tuesday and everything. He actually came home yesterday. And so just really grateful for those of you who are praying about that. And I know he's really glad to be home. Uh, but in both of these situations, if I only talk about the positive, the success, the good, the, the, all the good vibes and all that, Without being real about the challenges, then it's, in many ways, it's like I'd be lying. I'd be misrepresenting reality and what's ahead. And there's a lot of things like that in life. Yes, super amazing, phenomenal, but not going to lie, there's really hard parts and difficult parts and sometimes even painful parts. Whether it's college or singleness or marriage or parenting, just adulting in general for all the amazing things i'm not gonna lie there are some parts that are really difficult as well and we're at one of those you know i'm not gonna lie moments in paul's letter to timothy he's gonna shoot straight with him so far in the first section we looked at we saw paul encourage timothy by reminding him how god has worked in his life but also by reminding him he has nothing to fear and then last week, we looked at the next section where God reminded Timothy of the truth and the power of the gospel and of what Jesus has not only done for us, but the life that he calls us to. And at the end of that, he gave Timothy this charge, this challenge. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit 
who lives in you. This idea, guard the good deposit, protect your faith, be mindful of who you are. And Timothy, as far as how that plays out, as far as what's ahead of you and what it looks like for you to live this faith, what it looks like for you to guard that, what it looks like for you to follow Jesus, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to shoot straight with you. There's some things you're going to have to deal with. And so as we get into this, we need to be honest with ourselves as well. We are, we, we are to live our lives after the pattern of following Jesus that we see in Scripture. And so are we doing that? Are we giving lip service to following Jesus or are we really about it? Do we merely like the experience of faith? Or are we doing everything we can to guard what it means to be a faithful follower of Jesus? And so we have to ask God in this next section, God, show me myself and show me you. Show me the areas that I need to be real in, but also the areas I need to be encouraged in. And so as Paul is shooting straight with Timothy, he's going to shoot straight with us. And so let's be challenged within that, but also encouraged. Let's pray before we jump into it, though. God, we just praise you again, and thank you just for being able to gather as a community, to be able to worship you, God, to be able to just praise your name, to give you worship that you are due, but not, God, I wish we could, I wish we were capable to give you all of the worship that you're due. But we'll give you what we can, and we'll give, with all of our might, with all of our breath, we praise you, God. God, you know the different weeks that we've had. You know the different things that we're carrying, the different challenges that we're facing, the dreams we're pursuing, everything in between, the day-to-day mundane reality that we're facing. You know all of it. And so as we think about what it means to be your people, what it means to follow you, what it means to be your church, I pray you would encourage us as you shoot straight with us. It's your name we pray, amen. So what are the different things that Paul is going to encourage Timothy with as he just shoots straight with him in this next section? Guard, guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to you. And here's what that's going to look like. The first thing that he's going to say is that there will be people who hurt you. But there's also people who will help you along the way. There will be people who hurt you. But there's also people who will help you to keep going. Look at verse 15. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, along with Phygelus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. But when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me, May the Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Talking about people who have abandoned him, especially these two, but then also focusing on this one who's always been there. I heard Joe Stoll, the former president of Moody Bible Institute, talk once not too long ago about life being like you're on a train. Different people will get on the train with you for different periods of time. Some will be on the train, on your train of life shorter. Some will be on your train of life longer. They'll be on there for different seasons. Some for a few years, some for decades. For some maybe longer, some much, much shorter. 
Remember, Paul is older. This is older Paul looking back. And here he's talking about and thinking about the people that have gotten off of his train, who traveled with him for a while, but who have stepped off. And some of the people in his life he thought would be with him longer. He thought would be on his train and journeying with him longer, but they have disappeared. He says different people have abandoned me. A lot of different people have abandoned me. And he mentions two specifically. All of Asia has abandoned me, but especially these two. And you could almost hear the pain within that. I can imagine the pain there. I didn't think those two would abandon me. Because that's the thing. It's never easy when people get off the train, but it's the ones that you thought would be there that really hurt deep when they aren't. But then he mentions Oniferous. We'll call him Ani, okay? Because that's way easier than his name actually is. He wasn't like that. He didn't, within the challenging reality of what Paul was going through or the challenging reality of who Paul was, he was there. And he kept encouraging him and he kept being present and kept sticking out to him. And here's the truth of life and following Jesus. You're going to experience both type of people and that is a guarantee. Every single one of us are going to experience both type of people and it is near guaranteed. You're going to have people like of Phygelus and Hermogenes. Why can't we just have Ed and Fred? Wouldn't that be a lot easier? Um, you're going to have people like the two that Paul mentions, people who desert you, who let you down, people who betray you, people whom you trusted and are now hurting you. You're also going to have people like the second guy, people who refresh you, who seek you out, who are honored to call you friend. The thing is, and this is the challenge, is you can't, your, our Christian life can't be determined or defined by the actions of those who hurt us. You can't let the jerks make you think that everyone is like that. You can't let the painful community make you think that every community is like that. You can't let that one abandoner, that one betrayer, that harmful individual in turn make the rest of Jesus's followers guilty by association. Now let me clarify, I am not downgrading, I am not dismissing the pain that happens. I know that it's real it, when you experience people like the type of people that Paul is mentioning, it cuts to your heart and it hurts. And for some, there's even abuse from the church and abuse from organizations of faith. And it's real. I am not dismissing that. Those things need to be addressed. We need to acknowledge those things. We need to keep accountable and we need to help bring healing. Within our day-to-day community of faith and how we engage people, and as we go about our life and our life with Jesus, we don't want to think that because we've had some horrible experiences with some, that everyone is like that. Don't avoid community because a couple of Jesus' kids act horribly and the way that they go about things. Ask God to bring you some of those oniferous skies in your way. Ask God to help you give people 
a chance. Ask God to give you courage by trying community again. Ask God to help you to give you grace both in perspective and in your reactions. We have to have a proper, realistic expectation from community. Not Even in a church our size, not everybody is going to know everybody, but we can know some and we will know some. I'm not going to know and be able to be there for every single person. But we have people and we have community that try to help one another and care for one another. We, can, we have to make sure that we're coming in, seeking community and being part of community. The ones that really pour into us, the ones that are there for us, those are the kind of people that are going to strengthen you and renew you. So I want to challenge you so you think about the reality of community to first off to take baby steps. When we have opportunities to connect with one another, whether it's just as simple as after service or events or different things like that, come to those things. Get to know people in your church, not just they sit on the other side of the sanctuary, but learning their names, learning who they are, having those connections. That, that takes effort on everyone's part and so don't just acknowledge maybe well i'm i'm sitting here and no one's coming and talking to me well get up and go and talk to some people take those baby steps when the opportunities present them but i also want to challenge you to take a bold step and that is if you're not currently in a community group or you've never even tried a community group to get into community in that way we have different community groups that have started just over the last couple of weeks, and they're just getting going, so for you to jump in right now is totally awesome. Some of them are brand new. There's one on Wednesday nights. It's currently meeting on Zoom. It's at 8 o'clock. We did it on Zoom, and we did it a little bit later. It's for anyone. Anyone can join it, single, married, whatever. We did it a little later on Zoom, thinking that that might be helpful for different parents who have little ones to be put to bed. But that's a brand new group. No one knows one another. There's no established relationships. So maybe that's one that you can try. There's other groups on the list as well. And so if you put your camera up to that QR code and find the spot where for community groups and fill that out, we'll get you connected with the groups. But maybe that's a bold step that you need to take. There will be people that hurt you, but let community be the place that helps you. The second thing Paul is going to be shoot straight with Timothy about is this, is that there will be hard times, but by grace, choose to keep pushing through. There are going to be difficult times, but by the grace of God, choose to keep pushing through. He says in the beginning of chapter 2, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust of faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Now, these two verses don't give us all of the behind-the-scenes reality of what Timothy, as what's going on in this scenario. Timothy has been attacked for his leadership. He is dealing with false teachers. He's dealing with self-doubt. And now he is leaving his responsibilities to go and join Paul, his beloved mentor, who's to say goodbye to him because he's about to die. The church that Timothy is a part of is encountering people who are teaching false truths about Jesus and how one gets right with God. They're dealing with a younger leader who's doing his best while trying to figure things out, and their founder is possibly about to die. This is not an easy situation. 
This is a difficult situation for a church to be in. And Paul responds to this for Timothy's sake, for the church's sake, you have to keep going. We probably won't find ourselves in this exact scenario, but we will experience difficult situations that make us want to quit. Your identity and faith could be attacked by friends or co-workers, making you have self-doubt about who you are. You might find yourself in the midst of situations where you're getting challenged with questions you don't know the answer to or don't want to answer. You might be thrown for a life loop, a tornado just hitting your profession, your living situation, your relationships, whatever that might be. You are dealing with the difficulty of life in some way, which maybe a couple of us have been dealing with the big thing over the last year and a half. Things are hard. Life will be difficult, but here's the thing. Difficult cannot be a rational rationality for quitting. Just because something's hard doesn't mean we should quit. We must choose to keep going. And if in reality, this is why the scriptures shoot straight with us. It's going to be hard. There's going to be difficulty. Life is going to be hard at times, painful at times. Keep going. Difficult must be something that we move through, not detour around. Attacks, confusion, changes, departures cannot be reasons why my faith stops. They are the things I must choose to continue through. And so Paul encourages Timothy by saying in verse 3, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything." He gives Timothy these word pictures of a soldier, of an athlete, of a farmer. And in the midst of them, he's telling Timothy four things as far as how to move forward in the middle of the difficult times. He tells him to endure, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. To be in the military is to invite hardship. to, To join the military, you are welcoming the idea it's not going to be easy. It's part of what you're dealing with. So to follow Jesus is to welcome the same type of difficulty. We anticipate this will not be easy at times, and we keep going. Now, again, to clarify, enduring difficult doesn't mean denying difficult. Sometimes life just stinks, period. But that doesn't stop me. I'm to move through it, maybe sweating, maybe crawling, maybe weeping. But keep going, Paul says, endure. He tells them to endure. He tells them to focus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. Soldiers make decisions based on orders from their commander, not based on outside lobbyists or news editorials. He or she lives based on disciplined obedience, not the ever-changing tides of public opinion. And so what the idea that Paul is saying here is, who are you focused on? Are you focused on Jesus or those around you? Are you focused on Jesus or the situation that you're in? 
Are you focused on Jesus or the ridicule, the criticism, the negativity, whatever that might be? Our Jesus has to be our focus, our leader. Our actions and our reactions have to be based on him and our identity in him, not by anything else, no opinions, criticisms, or whims of others. Are you focused on Jesus? Endure, focus, he tells him to be a person of honor. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. When I was in high school, soccer was my main sport. I loved soccer, breathed soccer, everything was soccer. Um, my junior year of soccer compared to my senior year of soccer were two completely different realities. My junior year of soccer, I got a yellow card in every game and two red cards over the course of the season. In my senior year, I got one yellow card all season and one red card all season that I did not deserve. <laughs> and even my coach and the administrator of our school came up to me after that game and said, that was a bad call, you did not deserve that. So I have witnesses who would you know, back me up on that. What changed between my junior year and my senior year? My coach came up to me during warm practices in, before senior year of soccer, as we get started, he says, you are one of our best players and a leader here. It is time you started caring about the player that you are. And that changed my perspective. Yes, I can go out here and play well, but am I being a good player? Am I playing with honor? Following Jesus means you care about how you live. And that's the reality that really hits home and can dig into us and kind of poke a little bit. Do I deal with life honorably, not looking for loopholes, not cutting corners, not appearing to be winning when in fact I'm being lazy or even cheating. Choosing to keep going means I do so with honor. How I go about my job, how I am in my family, how I parent, how I'm in a church, how I deal with my neighbors, how I deal with conflict. Am I doing it honorably? And then last, he tells him, endure, focus, honor, and put in effort. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Paul's appealing to what might be common sense here. If I did all the work, then I should get paid for it. If I, I, you should do, get what you earn, that type of idea. The emphasis is on the need for work. Put in the work. And this is the challenge of American Christianity. Because so often what we see is, I go, I attend, I spectate, that was great, I feel encouraged, I go home. And that is not the Christian life. Effort means I'm going to care about people in this place. Effort means I'm going to do what I can to make this New Life Lincoln Park the best church it can be. Effort means I'm not just going to criticize and point out all the problems, I'm going to come in and help make solutions and fix things. Effort means I'm going to put blood, sweat, tears, joy, happiness into these people because I want them to experience Jesus the way that I want to experience Jesus. This cannot be a church where you come in, sit, 
that was great, and then leave. Because that's not what the church is supposed to be. Whether it's a couple hundred like ours or a couple thousands like others, the church is not meant to be a spectator experience. It's something that we do together, that we put effort in together. And Paul is challenging that reality. In the middle of the difficulties we face, we must endure, keep focused, live honorably, and make the needed effort. Not alone, we rely on God's strength. Not alone, we do so with community. But the re- these are still realities we have to face. And so when you see those up on the screen, which one tugs at your heart a little bit? You know what? I've been allowing this difficult thing to just make me stop, but I'm not having tenacity and enduring and pushing through it. You know what? I haven't been focused on Jesus and the truth of Jesus and my identity in Jesus. I've been kind of all over the place with things I'm worried about and focused on. You know, I've been compromising how I go about the way I talk to people or how I talk about others or how I do my job or whatever that might be. You know, when it comes to Jesus, I'm just kind of being lazy. How do these things hit home for you? Because this is what we need to bring back to the reality of our hearts and bring before the Lord and say, God, help me get through this. Help me to keep going. Help me to endure. Help me to focus. Help me to live honorably. Help me, give me the strength to put in the effort that I need to do. There will be hard times, but by grace, choose to keep pushing through. And then last thing, there will be the temptation to quit, but endure by the truth and strength of the gospel. In verse 8, Paul says this, Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for whom I am suffering, bound with change as a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may attain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. In verses 8 through 13, Paul is giving the basis on which everything else he is saying can stand. Without the reality of what these verses communicate, None of the rest will happen. Paul has nothing to share if it wasn't for these verses. And Paul wants Timothy to be crystal clear. Paul doesn't want Timothy misinterpreting anything here. Nothing new is taught. It's all remembering, recall, remember. That's been Paul's MO in this letter. Timothy, you know the truth. You know who you are. You know what you ought to be doing. That's the reality as far as those who have been in the church for a long time and those who have been walking with Jesus, those who have been part of this for a while, when we start making statements like, well, I don't know what to do or what's the vision or this and that, do you know who you are? To be a follower of Jesus is to remember what he has done, who we are and what he has for us. We are too forgetful and then make excuses for being forgetful. We need to remember the reality of the truth of Jesus. 
And Paul basically gives Timothy this song of why he should continue. And the song is all about Jesus. Jesus who is risen from the dead. He's conquered sin and death. The curse that we, we cause, he puts on himself. He is the offspring of David. He has been working throughout history. He is preaching the, good, preaching the gospel, the good news that we received and share. He says, for which I am suffering. I'd rather go to Roman prison, Paul says, than betray him. And Paul says, this saying is trustworthy. Paul stops the talking about continuing and keeping going, and he starts singing about keeping going. You know those songs that get stuck in your head that when you hear them, they're just going to be in there for the day. Like if I were to start singing It's a Small World, you would probably be humming It's a Small World later on today. They're just different things that get stuck in your head. And if you're already doing that, I apologize. Paul wants this song about Jesus to get stuck in his head. He wants these truths about Jesus stuck in his head. Not just humming it, but guiding him. He's saying, remember your baptism and sing of his rescuing you. If we have died with him, he will also live with him. Talking about his conversion. You remember when you trusted Jesus. You've died with Christ. Now live with him. You've died with Christ. Now live that new life. Like a wedding ring, you have a focal point to look back to. Something that reminds you of a commitment that you made, and that's what your baptism is doing. And maybe the reality, that's something you need to think about as we talk, look to baptism again into next month. If you have never been baptized, you are missing out on that sacred, special reminder of all that Jesus has done for you, who you are in him, and how you are part of what he is doing in the world. He says, remember your baptism and sing of, that, of his rescuing you. He says, remember your future and sing of God's kingdom. If we endure, he will also reign, we will also reign with him. An emphasis on perseverance of the present. Remember that your present is defined by your future and not the other way around. Your identity isn't one of pain. Your identity is one of joy because of Jesus and his kingdom. He is your ruler. He is king, so trust him and follow him. Remember your, and have hope in him. Remember your commitment and sing of his worth. If we deny him, he will deny us. The emphasis is on apostasy. If you deny Christ now, you will be denied by Christ later. Remember that you have to be committed to him. Is this something, have you really given your life to Jesus, trusted him, put the allegiance of who you are in him, or is this just lip service? Because if it's just lip service, if it's just a checkbox in your life, the end of the days when we're standing before him, the reality is, is that, well, I never knew you. I don't know who you are. But I went to church, but I did this, but I read the Bible, but my parents believed. Yeah, but I didn't know you. Is there a point in your life where you have put your faith in Jesus that you've made that commitment to receive the gift that he has given you? Because that's what Paul is pointing Timothy back to. You received that gift. And so sing of it and be grateful for what he has given you. Remember your frailty and sing of his grace. 
If we are faithless, he remains faithful. The emphasis on ongoing mercy. Remember that how we act as humans doesn't change about how he acts as God. We will screw up. We will mess up. We will fail and, excuse me, we will fail each other. And Paul says, but God's mercy and grace are new every day. He says, remember your God and let your life sing of him. He cannot deny himself. This is the coda of the song. It's the source of our love, power, and self-control. The finale is our source of hope. God cannot stop being God. God cannot stop being the God that he is. His love toward us, his, his heart toward humanity and creation, he will never pause who he is. And so in that, we have to live for who he is. We have to find hope in who he is, guidance in who he is. Jesus is never going to stop being Jesus, and that includes who he is in the midst of your chapter of your story right now, in the midst of the thing that you're going through. And if he's not going to change, then you have somebody you can have hope in that will help you endure, that will give you guidance, that will give you joy, that will remind you that the story you're in is not the end and you have more to come. There will be the temptation to quit, but endure by the truth and strength of the gospel. Paul shoots really straight with Timothy. People are going to hurt you. It's going to be really difficult at times and there's going to be times that you want to quit. But keep going. I don't know which of those encourages your heart or which challenges your heart, but allow God to speak to you. Maybe it's the people thing. Maybe you've been wounded by people, and so maybe that's the challenge is, okay, I'm going to give community a new try. Maybe for you it's the flip side. You know what? I'm going to be somebody who is supporting others and is helping others and is caring for others. Maybe you're in the midst of a difficulty right now. You're in that valley. You're in the challenge. And so, God, give me the grace. Give me the wisdom. Give me what I need to get through this. Maybe it's, God, how do I help people through those things? Maybe the noise of life and the noise of our culture and the noise of everything going on in the world has been so loud that you need to come back to the simple song of the gospel. And remember the reality of who Jesus is. Your baptism, the future, your commitment, your frailty, your God. However this lands in your heart, don't push out God's voice. Listen to what the Spirit is doing and respond to him. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for the fact that you know everything that we are going through. We thank you, God, that you know the, the difficult times and the good times. You know that those who are really struggling, for those who are confused, those who are processing life and its struggles. And God, we, we pray for wisdom. We pray for peace. God, we pray for guidance. We pray for people to come alongside. God, we pray that you would bring people in our lives who would remind us of who you are, that you would, that would remind us of your grace, that would remind us that we're not alone. God, I pray that you would strengthen our community, that you would shoot straight with us the reality of who we are. 
that we would live honorably for you. God, I'm so grateful for this church. I'm grateful for these people, for this family. I pray, God, you would encourage us in exactly the ways that you know we need it. It's in your name we pray, amen. Would you stand with us as we just think about the, what this part of the letter is and Paul just speaking to the truth of, man, Paul, Timothy, I'm not gonna lie with you. It's gonna be hard. This last song is just really appropriate as we think about going into our lives, the difficulties, the challenges, that we don't go alone, but Christ is with us. And so let's just acknowledge him and worship him together. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. If you, um, have, if you have a Bible, you want to turn there or click to there. We'll also have the passages up on the screen. Uh, we are in the middle of a series right now called Keep Going. It's through the 2 Timothy, this letter in the New Testament. And it's from this older guy. Well, his name is Paul. And at the time that he wrote this, he's much older. In fact, he's kind of a seasoned leader. He's at the end of his life. Uh, in fact, he, he's in prison and he knows he's probably about to die uh, and be executed for his faith. And he's writing this letter to his young protege, uh, this young guy who uh, he's been pouring so much time in and has developed. And we've, I, that's why I love this picture that we chose for the artwork for this series. Because even though this is a letter from this older guy to this, uh, little, this younger guy he's been mentoring, I kind of just love this image of these two guys just walking down the road. And I can just see, I think about times that I had with my grandpa before he passed away and times that we would just spend together and just talking with him about life and him, you know, just kind of venting or sharing or asking questions and, and him telling me about his life and sharing stories and, and speaking into me. That's the image I have when I see these two guys and it's the image I have when I think about Peter speaking into Timothy's life. That even though it's a letter, it's still that kind of proverbial arm around the shoulder saying, you got this, you can keep going. And so that's what we see in this letter. That being said, we're at a point in the letter um, where it's kind of going to be addressing some difficult things. There are moments in life when we just have to be straight about things and not beat around the bush. We can't really kind of keep it fluffy. We just kind of, you know, I need to be honest with you. And we got to shoot straight with people. Uh, someone told me earlier in the week that they were thinking about running the marathon. They know that I had just done it. And they asked what it was like. And I said, you know, it's a phenomenal experience going through the almost 30 neighborhoods in Chicago, the sense of accomplishment. But I'm not going to lie to you, it is painful. It is rough. This last one was miserable. So, I mean, it's cool, but it's really, really hard. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, this last Monday, um, we, had, we set our two kids down, Bailey and Jackson, and we had told them that their grandfather was going to be going in for quadruple bypass surgery the next day. Uh, we hadn't told them yet. We didn't want them dwelling on that and things like that, but we wanted them to make them aware. And so we told them about the surgery happening. And, and Bailey, my 14-year-old, said, well, you know, this is something we need to be worried about, right? And I said, well, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be really serious. I mean, this is, this is about one of those as serious as you can get type surgeries. But we're going to be praying and praying for God's protection and praying for the doctors. But yes, this is something that's really serious. And thank God the surgery went great. Uh, he's actually just got home yesterday. So for those of you who knew about that and were praying, really appreciate it. But in either one of these situations, if I had only talked about the positive, if I'd only talked about the good, if I'd only talked about the success without being real about the challenges, real about the difficulties, I would in essence be lying. 
because I wouldn't be representing reality well. I would be misrepresenting reality. And there's a lot of life that is like that. Super amazing, but not going to lie, there's some difficult parts. Difficult, painful parts. Whether it's college, singleness, marriage, parenting, just good old adulting in general, there are phenomenal moments, amazing things, but then there are some really, really hard things. And we're at a point in this letter where Paul is proverbially saying, I'm not going to lie to you, Timothy. This is going to be hard. And so he speaks and he shoots straight with his young protege here. So far in the first section, we looked at how Paul was trying to encourage Timothy, reminding him how God had worked in his life, but also reminding him that he has nothing to fear. In the next section, Paul reminded Timothy of the truth of the gospel, all of that Jesus has done, but also the life that he was calling him into. And then he gives him this charge, like the central kind of like thing that he wants to speak into Timothy's life. He says, What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. So as Timothy, live this way. Be who you know you are. Be what you've seen. Guard your identity. Guard your faith. Protect your faith. Be mindful of who you are. And Timothy, as far as how that plays out, I'm not going to lie, part of it's going to be difficult. I'm not, I'm not going gonna, gonna to shoot straight with you. It's going to be hard at times. And as much as Paul is being honest with Timothy, we need to be honest ourselves. Do we merely like the experience of faith? Or are we truly entering into and walking obediently the path of faith with Jesus, even when it's hard, acknowledging the difficulties? We have to ask God as we go through this section, show me myself and show me you. Show me the areas I need to be real about and encourage me in them. And so we're going to go through this next section. I'm actually going to read the whole passage and then we'll pray and go through it. And so we're going to start in verse 15. You are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. We're going to call them Phi and Herm. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onephorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. And when he arrived in Rome, he searched for me earnestly and found me. May the Lord grant him to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. Chapter 2. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since he aimed to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as he preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may attain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, 
we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. God, we pray as we go through this passage that you would speak to us, that spirit, you would move in this place and you would do what only you can do. Whether we're sitting in the pews or we're sitting at home, God, I pray that you would penetrate our hearts, our busyness, our hurts, our stresses, our anxieties, our dreams, that you would get to the core of who we are and let us see that reality. But let us see it in light of who you are, God, of your holiness, of your majesty, of your love for us, of your grace and your mercy. God, I pray that you would encourage hearts in this place this morning, that you would challenge us as we go through your word. And we ask this all in your name. Amen. And so Paul says, I'm going to shoot straight with you. I'm going to be honest about some of the things you're going to face as you you guard this deposit, as you live this life following Christ. And what are some of those things he says? Well, first off, Paul's going to communicate this in essence to Timothy. There will be people who hurt you, but there's also people who will help you to keep going. There will be people who hurt you, but there are also people who are going to help you to keep going. I heard Joel Stoll, the former uh, Moody Bible Institute president, speak a couple years ago, talking about how our life is like being on a train. And so if you imagine your life being like a, a train on a train track, and occasionally there's different stops along that way, and as the train stops, different people get on the train at times, and people get off the train. And as you go through the course of your life, some people will be on the train with you for a long period of time, and some people will be on that train for a short period of time. Some of them will be, it'll be, they'll be journeying with you for decades. Some people, it might be like a one-day encounter, a couple weeks, a couple months. And so some for a little bit, some for a long time. Remember, we have an older Paul who's looking over the course of his life and also and speaking about that in light of what he's going through now, and he's talking about people who have gotten off the train. And some of the people in his life, this is the nuance that Paul is pointing out with, he thought would be on the train for longer but they disappeared. He specifically says, you were aware of all in Asia that turned away from me. All of these people abandoned him. And then he hones in on two different people. I, these two. Everybody abandoned me. Even these two. And you can kind of imagine the pain there, the hurt there. Like, I never thought those two would get off the train when they did. Because that's the thing, it's never easy when people get off the train, but it's the ones you thought that would be there for longer who just kind of jump off. That's when the hurt is really deep and can cut really hard. But then he also hones in on one guy who wasn't like that. Man, this guy, when he comes to town, he seeks me out. He refreshes me. He carries me. He helps me. Here's the thing that we need to realize about life in general, but specifically about following Jesus, you are going to experience both different types of people. Guaranteed. You are going to have people like the two that Paul mentions in your life, people who are going to desert you, who let you down, who betray you, people whom you have entrusted, and now they are hurting you, who said at one point, I love you, but now the way that they're treating you is the farthest thing from it. You're going to also have people like the other guy he mentions, people who do fill your tank, 
people who are in your corner, people who cheer you on, people who carry you when you can't keep going, people who seek you out and want to see your best. The thing that we have to come to grips with is that our Christian life, who we are, are, the reality of us following Jesus cannot be defined or determined by the actions of those who hurt us. Now, I am not downplaying and I am not diminishing the reality that people do painful things and some people do evil things. We need to acknowledge abuse when it happens. We need to acknowledge evil things when they happen. We need to acknowledge those things, call them out, hold people accountable. That's a real thing. In the day-to-day reality, the week-to-week, year-to-year reality of having relationships, having friendships and conflict coming and difficulties happening, there's going to be people that hurt us. There's going to be people that wound us. It's a real thing. And we can't allow that to derail our faith. Because the reality is, is this. If somebody who calls themselves a Christian hurts you in such a way that you no longer want to be a Christian, who is your faith in, Jesus or that person? Now, I'm not, again, I'm not downgrading, the, I'm not minimizing the pain, but don't reject Jesus or his community because one of his kids acted like an idiot. Ask God to bring, you, you cannot let jerks make you think that everyone is like that. You can't let a painful community experience make you think that every community is going to be like that. You can't let that one abandoner, betrayer, harmful individual in turn make the rest of Jesus' followers guilty by association. Because that's not true. Yes, people do that. My clarification is not all people do. And so allow Jesus to show you community that is safe, healing, and will grow you. Avoid community. Don't avoid community because of the ones who wound. Find the ones who heal. Ask God to bring you people in his life like this guy that was in Paul's life. Ask God to help you give people a chance. Ask God to give you courage to take a step and try community again. Ask God to give you the grace both in your perspective and in your reactions. We have to have proper expectations about community. Not everybody's going to know everybody. Not every community is going to be like the one we came from. Everything's going to be different. We have to try things new and give people a chance. We have have to act toward community in the same manner we expect community to act toward us. And so think about those Onesimus guys, those ones that are the kind of people who strengthen and renew you. And I want to challenge you, first off, to take some baby steps. Maybe the baby steps in community for you is just not leaving right away. Maybe it's sticking around and saying hi to people or, hey, I've never met you before. What's your name? Or if we have an event, come out, you know, sign up for the talent show. You know, whatever that might be. But when those kind of easy, low-hanging fruit, hey, the church family is going to be together. We're doing a game night. Go and play games. Meet people, connect with people, because you can't be part of community if you're not being part of community. And so take some baby steps to just try to meet some people, to put some names, some names with faces. But I also want to challenge you to take a bold step to get into a community group. These are our groups that meet midweek, smaller groups. You know, it's kind of hard to talk about what was going on in our lives 
and how to pray for one another in a group this size, but you can do that in a smaller group. And so I challenge you, that, that QR code, follow the link that talks about uh, community groups on there. We have a bunch of them that are meeting right now. Two of them to point out, one, for our college students, we have a college group, a college-ish group, that's meeting on Sunday nights. And so if you're looking to just connect with people, your own age group, your peers, who are going through things like that, Sunday nights, 4 o'clock, they're meeting here at the church. Uh, another, amongst all the other ones, another one, Wednesday nights, there's a group that's meeting at 8 o'clock. It's for anyone, single, married, guys, ladies, whatever it might be. This particular group is meeting on Zoom at 8 o'clock. The idea of doing it on Zoom was to allow for, especially parents who have little ones, to put them to, uh, down and still be able to be part of a group. But that's a group that's brand new, just starting. So there's no previous relationships or anything. Everybody's trying to get it and figure it out together. Maybe that's the type of group. So there's two right there, but there's others on the list. Take a bold step. And if you've never been in a group, get into a group. Maybe you've been in a group previously and aren't in one now. Get into a group because we need community. There will be people that hurt you, but let community be the place that strengthens and helps you. The second thing Paul is going to just be straight with Timothy about is this. There will be hard times, but by grace choose to keep pushing through. Paul doesn't beat around the bush. The Bible doesn't beat around the bush. Life is going to be hard. Life is going to be challenging and difficult at times. And when you look at the first two verses of chapter 2, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You know, the, it doesn't really give the behind the scenes of what was going on with Timothy in this church at the time. Timothy has been attacked for his leadership, dealing with false teachers, dealing with self-doubt, and now leaving his responsibilities to go and see his beloved mentor who's probably going to die. The church that they're experiencing, they're encountering people who are teaching false things about Jesus and what it means to get right with God. They're dealing with a young leader who's trying to figure it out as he goes, and their founder, who they love, is possibly about to die. Paul is responding to all of these things. You guys are in a difficult place. And for Timothy's sake, for the church's sake, keep going. You probably will not find yourself in those exact details, I would bet. But we will experience situations that challenge us. Maybe your identity or faith has been attacked by coworkers or friends or people making you just self-doubt what you believe or what you're experiencing. You might find yourself in the midst of situations where you're getting challenged with questions you don't know the answers to or even want to answer. You might be thrown for a loop in life, like a tornado is just hitting everything, whether it's your profession, your, your uh, home, your relationships, just everything is in shambles. You're dealing with the difficulty of life in some way. But here's the thing. Difficult can't be rationale for quitting. Simply because it's hard doesn't mean we should avoid it. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean we should quit. My kids are junior high and high school now, and so sports are a little bit different. And there's one point where my son was like, man, I, just, I don't want to go. My legs hurt. It's hard. I don't want to do it. I'm like, okay, give me a reason why you don't want to go to practice. Well, it's just hard. I'm like, all right, well, we're going to practice. <laughs> because yes, it's hard. Yes, you're gonna, your muscles are going to get strained. Yes, it's going to hurt. That's part of it. 
And the reality is life is just like that. We're going to get strained. We're going to get hurt. It's going to wound, but we keep going. Attacks, confusion, changes, departures cannot be reasons why my faith stops. Difficult has to be something we go through, not something we detour around. And so Paul tells Timothy four things. If you're going to keep going, by grace you're going to keep going. Here's how you do that. First, he tells them you endure. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Being in the military is to live with the reality of it's not going to be easy. You're welcoming that if you sign up for the military. Well, to follow Jesus is to sign up for the same thing. It's not going to be easy at times. Again, difficult doesn't mean denying the difficulty, but it's going to happen. So I, just because it's difficult, I keep going. I might be sweating, I might be crawling, I might be weeping, but I'm going to keep going. I have to have tenacity and endure. And so he says it's going to be hard. So deal with it and endure the difficulty. He tells them to focus. And really, this is the one, the next two especially, we really have to think about in our day and age. He says, focus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits. I mean, soldiers make their decisions based on the commander's orders. They're not based on outside lobbyists or news editorials or anything like that. The general says this, this is what we're doing. He or she lives based on a disciplined obedience not the ever-changing tide of public opinion. Well, when Jesus is your focus, when Jesus is your leader, Jesus is your focus. When he is the king, when he reigns in your life, he is your focus and no one else. My actions and my reactions should be based on him and my identity in him and nothing else, no other opinions, criticisms, difficulties, or anything else like that. So you have to ask yourself, I have to ask myself, who am I focused on? Well, they might think less of me. I might lose this. I might not. What are you focused on? We have to be focused on Jesus and who we are in him and let that guide us. We endure, we focus, we have honor. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. When I was in high school a couple years ago, um, soccer was, why are you, some of you laughing at that? Um, <laughs> soccer was my main sport. I loved soccer. I breathed soccer. Everything was soccer. So I was the soccer guy in our class. So I loved soccer. Uh, my junior year of soccer and my senior year of soccer were two completely different scenarios. My junior year of soccer, I got a yellow card in every game. Every game. And red cards in two. Two red cards. So however many games we had, one yellow card in every game, and then two red cards. My senior year, I got one yellow card the entire season and one red card over the course of the entire season, which I did not deserve. <laughs> and I'm, I, my coach and our school's administrator came up to me after the game and said, that was a bad call. You did not deserve that. So they're my witnesses that I'm not just saying that. What changed the drastic change from my junior year to my senior year? Because my coach came up to me during beginning practices before the season started and said, Bobby, you are one of our best players and you are a leader on this team. It is time you start acting like it. You need to let your, the way you play match your skill level. And that changed how I, I played. Because I realized that I needed to care about the type of player that I was. 
And that's exactly what Paul is telling Timothy. You need to care about the type of follower of Jesus you are. You need to care about what your life reflects as far as who Jesus is. Following Jesus means I don't look for loopholes. I don't cut corners. I don't appear to be doing things right, but in reality I'm being lazy or just coasting or even cheating at the process. Choosing to keep going means I care about how I keep going. And so how you do your work, how you do your school projects, how you interact with your spouse, how you interact with your kids, your neighbors, how you deal with conflict, how you interact with the church. Is it honorable? Is how you handled that honorable? Well, yeah, but no, honor doesn't put a big butt in the way. It focuses on Jesus and says, this is how a follower of Jesus does this. And so are we living honorably in the midst of the difficulty? That's the key here. Remember, Paul's talking to Timothy about really difficult times. Would it probably be a lot easier to not care or just to run or to not abandon people? But he's saying, be honorable. And so even in the middle of the time when it's difficult to be honorable, be honorable. And then last thing, it's put the effort in. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. The emphasis is on the need for hard work, not being lazy, not excusing lazy spirituality. And you know what? This, is, this goes countercultural to the American church ideology. Because whether it's a church our size of a couple hundred or churches of thousands across the country, the norm for Christianity in America is, now again, not every single person, but we just have to admit the reality of it, is there's a church service. I'm going to go sit in the church service. I'm going to spectate. That was encouraging. I'm going to leave. I'm going to go home. See you next Sunday. That's not any effort. That's spectating. That's just, that's just getting entertainment with a spiritual flair to it. Putting effort in is, how do I discipline my body and my life to honor Jesus in everything that it does? Effort is, how do I make this place a place where people can grow to be more like Jesus? Effort is, how do I make this place a place that when I see things that aren't the way they should be, I'm not just going to complain about them or criticize them, but I'm going to champion them and make them better. Effort is, how do I make the body of Christ the way it should be and be my part in it? And so we have to ask ourselves, are we spectating or are we putting effort into our faith? Things are going to be difficult, but you endure, you focus, you honor, and you put in effort. When you see these four words, how do they prompt your heart? Man, I've just been wanting to quit. I, I'm not, I don't have a let's keep going. Tenacity isn't even in my vocabulary. I, I've been focused on this issue. I've been focused more on the problems and the stress and all the different things and not allowing my focus to be on Jesus. I've been making excuses for how I handled something or how I did something or whatever rather than 
being a person of honor. You know, I have a lot more excuses than I do a lot of effort in my life. Whatever that is, we, we have to be honest about those things. Not to, to be honest about those things isn't to shame something. It's to be honest about things that are weak so that we can make them stronger. It's about being honest about things that we're failing in so we can get forgiveness and grow in. And so let's just be honest. You know what? I haven't done my best in this part, but thank God he's a God of forgiveness and a God of, of, of strength and a God of presence, and he's going to help me through this. So I can endure, can focus, can be honorable, and can put in the effort in. So which one of those prompts your heart? And whatever it is, do not ignore that. Ask yourself why. Prayer, ask God, prayerfully ask God, why is this one that it might just be white words on a screen, but man, that one's glowing in front of me. There will be, in the middle of the difficulties we face, we have to endure, keep focus, live honorably, and make the needed effort. Not alone, we rely on God's strength. And not alone, we have community. But we have to keep going. The last thing, quickly, that Paul says is that there will be the temptation to quit but we have to endure by the truth and strength of the gospel. There will be the temptation to quit, but we have to endure by the truth and strength of the gospel. In verses 8 through 13, Paul's basically giving the basis of what everything he is saying is resting on. Without the reality of what these verses in chapter 2, verses 8 through 13, what they communicate, nothing that he says will happen or could happen. Paul wants Timothy to be crystal clear. He doesn't want Timothy to misinterpret anything. He said, you know this stuff, Timothy. It constantly is telling him, remember, recall, bring to mind. Remember the heritage you have. Remember the empowerment you were given. Remember the teaching that you received. Don't be forgetful. This is the thing about the Christian life. There is never a Christian following Jesus who should say, I don't know what to do. Because, I love what Chavez said, you know what, we're supposed to make followers of Jesus. We're supposed to be fishers of people. Even if no one ever tells you that, the Bible tells you that. You should know what to do. Yes, we can put it into gimmicky campaigns and things like that, but at the end of the day, the Bible talks about tell people about Jesus, love people for Jesus. Serve the church, use your gifts, encourage people. We cannot make excuses for just not doing what we know we need to be doing. Does that make sense? The church needs us to just grow up and be the church. We need one another, and we can't make excuses for not doing it. Re Timothy, remember Jesus. Remember he was risen from the dead. He conquered sin and death. The curse that we put, our curse he put on himself. Timothy, remember that he is the offspring of David. He has been working throughout history. Timothy, remember that he, we are preaching his gospel. The good news that we receive, we are also sharing. Timothy, remember that which we're suffering for. Timothy, I'd rather go to a Roman prison than betray him or deny him. And he says, this saying is trustworthy. After saying all this stuff about Jesus, he goes in and he says, this is trustworthy. He stops talking about Jesus and starts singing about Jesus. 
giving him this little tune, this little song about the reality of Jesus. And you know how sometimes we hear a song and it just gets stuck in our head? Like if I was to attempt to sing It's a Small World, you would be humming It's a Small World later on today. Uh, maybe you already have it in your head. I apologize for bringing it up. Um, you, you know, we ha- you have to forgive me, church thing. So. Paul wants this song stuck in Timothy's head. He wants these words stuck in him to where not just that Timothy is humming this, but his life is living it. So what is that song? He tells Timothy, remember your baptism and sing of his rescuing you. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. The emphasis is on Timothy's conversion. Look back. There was a time where you put your faith in Jesus. And there was a time when you went under the waters to proclaim that you put your faith in Jesus and to let the church know, I am one with you. You've died with Christ. Now you know who you're living for. Do you have that song in your life? Can you look at the story of your life and look to one point and go, there was this time when my life used to be like this, but in that moment, I began trusting Jesus. And he made me a new person. And my life completely changed. I don't know the exact date, but I know for me, it was the summer between my eighth grade and freshman year of high school. Do you know a time when that happened? Did that happen? Because it's not something that we always just grew up knowing. It's not just something we were around. It's something that we made a commitment to. When I talk about mine and Jeanette's relationship, I don't just say, well, I've always just loved her, just always been around her. We've always, no, on August 21st, 1999, I said to her, I do, and I said no to everybody else. Do you have that moment with Jesus in your life, and is your baptism market? Because if you don't, then, you, then forget everything else we've said. You need to put your faith in Jesus. And if you have done that and you haven't been baptized, then you need to do that. You need to proclaim, I am one with him. Remember your baptism and sing of his rescuing you. Remember your future and sing of his kingdom. If we endure, we will also reign with him. This is an emphasis on perseverance. Timothy's present, but remember your present is not defined by what you're going through. Your present is defined by your future. God wins. He's won. The victory is sure. Live in light of that reality. Your identity isn't the pain of the moment. It's the joy of who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he's going to do. You are part of his kingdom, and that's a victory. Your future is sure, so let what you know about the future give you lenses to see your present. Remember your commitment and sing of his worth. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we deny Christ now, we have to ask ourselves, Did we ever really trust him? This is an evaluation. This is thinking through the reality of who you are in your faith. Have you put your faith in Jesus? Because it's not about your parents. It's not about how you... When you stand before Jesus someday, what are you going to talk about? Well, I was a really good person, or I was better than this person, or my parents believed this. None of that is what gives us a relationship with him. You died for me. You took my sins upon you and you put your righteousness upon me. And if it wasn't for you, Jesus, I would have nothing. I have life because of you. And he's going to say, that's right. And I know exactly who you are. What is your trust in? 
What is your commitment to? Is it to him or to someone or something else? Remember your frailty and sing of his grace. When we are faithless, he remains faithful. Every single person in here is going to screw up. I mean, we think about what Paul just got done saying. Everybody abandoned me. And these two people, they comp- I can't believe they abandoned me. The reality is, is that we are going to hurt people. That isn't a permission to do it, but it's reality that we will hurt, we will fail, we will do stupid things. Thank God he is a God of grace and mercy. And even though people might not show us that, God shows us that. And we can know if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, is to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Whatever you are thinking about, when you think about, when I say we all mess up, whatever you're thinking of, you need to know that God can forgive that. There is nothing that you've done that he can't forgive. And there's nothing that you've done that he won't forgive. Ask him to forgive you, to cleanse you of all unrighteousness, that you would experience his love. Remember your frailty and sing of his grace. And last, remember your God and let your life sing of him. Jesus cannot deny himself. This coda of the song is what it's all about. The finale is our source of hope. God cannot stop being God. He's not going to stop being who he is. Jesus is not going to stop being the Jesus that he is. And if he's not going to change, that means he's that type of God, that type of Savior in the midst of the difficult thing you're going through. In the middle of the challenge, in the middle of the trials, in the middle of the hard times, he is a God who cares for you and pursues you and loves you and gives you wisdom and guidance and is there with you. He is never going to change. In the midst of what you're going through, Jesus is present. And so let your life sing for him, even in the midst of the difficulty. There will be temptation to quit. I know in the marathon there's a point pretty much when you leave the loop and you go toward United Center going west. It's just, it's the worst. (laughs) There's hardly any people out there. There's like, it's just, it's just a different experience. That's when it just gets miserable. You start hating life. I, my mother-in-law lives in Bridgeport. I start thinking about how quickly I can get to her house compared to the finish line. It's just, it's horrible. But that's the time where you kind of like put some music on. Have you ever worked out or done sports and you kind of have your playlist? You have that music that when you put that music in, you kind of get a little bit more in your step. It kind of gets you going. That's what Paul's doing here. You know what, you might want to give up, you might want to stop, you might want to just throw in the towel, but remember this song, because this song about who Jesus is, is the Jesus who's running with you. And you don't need to give up, because he is with you, like this song says. And some of you, maybe the reason why you're quitting is you're not listening to the truth of the song of Jesus. That he is one who gives us new life, who gives us a sure future, who gives us something worth living for that is forgiving and gracious and will be the same in everything that we do. Things, you will have the temptation to quit, but endure by the truth and strength of the gospel. I don't know which of these three things in this section we talked about lands with you, but I'm sure one did. Maybe it's the thing about people. Maybe it's the thing about just trying to get hard through hard times. Maybe it's feeling like you want to quit. I just want to challenge you, encourage you, 
he, it, it, it's, it's hard. I'm not minimizing that. But we have to keep going. You have to allow God to strengthen you. You have to allow people to help you. You have to trust God at his word. But you can keep going with him. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the strength that gives us tenacity to keep going, to keep pushing through. We thank you for the people that you bring alongside us, who carry us, who encourage us, who cheer us on. I pray, God, you would help us to be aware of your presence. We are aware that you are with us, that we would be reminded of our identity in you. God, I pray that you would encourage whoever in here is discouraged right now, that you would encourage them. I pray whoever feels alone, that you would let them know that others care about them. Those who are ready to quit, that you would encourage them to keep going. For those who need to trust you, God, let today be the day of salvation where they find new life. Those who need to get in community, that we would take that bold step. Those who have trusted you, that they would take the step of baptism. Whatever it is, God, that you've put on our hearts, I pray it penetrates our excuses and our busyness and lands in us. And you would help us to take action. In your name we pray, amen. You know, we think about the difficult things that we're experiencing, the hard times. I heard one time somebody say that you're either moving toward a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of one. You can see the clouds, you're completely soaked, or you're looking for a towel. It's just the reality. You might not be in it now, but you will be in it at some point. And we need to be reminded from these truths that yes, it'll happen, but we're not alone. We can keep going and it's worth not quitting because God is with us. And that's what this last song is about, the fact that God cares for us. He holds us. He gives us strength to those things. Trust him. And again, if we can be a help within any of that, please allow us to. Uh, if you're in here today and you've, uh, you know I need to put my faith in Jesus, I know I need to begin following him, we would love to pray with you. you come and see me after service. Not that coming to me does anything, but I would love to help in any way I can. If you know you need to get baptized, there's a spot on the QR code where it says, I have, I, began follow, I have questions, I need prayer. Fill that out, we will follow up with you. Whatever God is laying on your heart, act on that. So God, we pray you would bless us. 